2: i had been sober now for a month but now was the big test and going back out into the big world i didn't know how it's going to be that is
0: terrifying because you're like one slip it fucking in was back.
2: and i i actually didn't want to get out of jail i was contemplating doing stupid shit when i got out just so i could go back to jail because it was so good for me
0: welcome to the deep i'm zoe marshall In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. The thing is, when I spoke to Nix, I couldn't stop this conversation. I couldn't wind it up or wrap it up, and I didn't want to. The more I spoke to her the more incredible, the more amazing, the more mind-blowing this story got. And I don't necessarily mean that positively at all. Like, this is wild, sad, so sad. But this is true, and this is her story. Part two. Enjoy. Content warning. If you're suffering or triggered by the themes of this podcast, help services are listed in the show notes. At what point are you living a real drug addict lifestyle where you're just around drug addicts, you're just chasing highs, you've run out of
2: funds? Actually, in those three months that I was, you know, with the children I had separated from my partner, uh, from their father, I had started a call centre business running it out of my garage Um, And that was how I was making some money to get me and the kids back on track. And then when that happened to Alaska, obviously I shut that call centre business down. But I had um, actually some young girls living with me that were uni students. They were asking me if they could work for my call centre business. And I said, well, nah, because fuck, I've shut that down. I don't even want to do that. And then I thought to myself... What I can do if you're keen is fucking sex work. You can do some sex work. I'll get you some workers. And so I started fucking um, selling these two young girls.
0: Hang on. This is a big jump. Yeah. This is a big jump from can we get some cash running your call centre to you going, nah, I'll
2: mm. pimp you out. Mm-hmm. Well, because I used to, I, I had, um, you know, had my little turn at that when I had just turned 18 here in Auckland. But when, at this stage, I needed money.
0: Yeah.
2: I needed money for my drugs. Yeah. I, the people that I was getting my drugs from, they were always asking me, fuck, any girls? Any girls? You know any girls? Yeah, and I was right. like, fuck, what the fuck? And now I've got these two fresh young girls keen to make some money and I'm thinking and you know fuck I need to make money for some drugs yeah. so immediate thing for me was fuck I already know the person, I already know the males they will pay Pay for these girls, mm. I could fucking sell these girls you know at this price and take um, this cut but then take my cut and then that's how I'm going to get my fix and so I was like you know I put that on the table to these girls and they agreed Long wow. as I look after them, long as I make sure that they I'm not putting them in a fucked up situation. Um and so that's what I did. I started doing that. This has
0: escalated. This 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 I didn't even expect this part of the conversation.
2: Yeah, no. So um I ended up finding a house and do it up for these girls. And then I can fucking put girls in there during the day and then put some more in there during the night and then so I, it's can, become I can a make a cut. Yeah, I can make a cut off all these girls. And because I was already in the drug scene and I already fucking knew quite a few males and shit like that. Yeah. Especially with the dealer or dealers and I would just say, Hey look, fuck, I've got this house and I've got all these girls. Wow, so how long did this last? They went on for quite a few months um in the meantime i would because i didn't want anything happening at our family house sure we had raised alaska and and the kids and shit like that so i was never there and plus i didn't want to be there because of all the fucking memories and that and so having a place that for work so to speak that I could go to every day, you know, and and fucking run those girls there and shit like that. That was like a cool distraction for me. Plus, it was a way for me to make money. Plus, it was a way for me to network with men that uh, had bigger amounts. and, And it was just, you know, like that's just fucking how my life started going for a while. But then when I would have the children, I'd go back to that house, back to our house.
0: To the family home.
2: Yeah, and have them for a couple of days or whatever, and then they would go back to their father. Are you doing dangerous things while they're
0: at home or are you just in mummy mode?
2: Yeah, that, that's what I meant. Like, that house was just, just safe zone. family. Yeah. And so
0: were you, like, you weren't high enough that you weren't getting them fed or no, in bed?
2: but I was, um, you know, I'm not going to say that I was that type of mother that... Um, in those few days, was very, was normal. Yeah, yeah, The normal yeah. that they remembered. I wasn't yeah. normal. I was yeah. still doing fucked up shit because I was high. I was still sitting there, going through bags of different fucking stuff like cords and charges, and I would literally sit there in the middle of the lounge rearranging things like oh I might take all this makeup and put it in this bag instead and
0: oh as a part of the meth high of sorting and
2: yeah yeah and so I'd be fucking doing that you know and I do remember times that you know my kids were asking for my attention Mm -mm. you know I remember Jordan asking mom mom look and um, oh, this always kills me, man. And I remember saying, oh, it's just oh, just soon, Jordan, just soon. I'm I'm nearly finished, you know." And in my mind, it's like I have to get this done. I have yeah. to fucking finish doing this job, these bags, and putting this in here. So I'd be, you know, saying to Jordan, "Jordan, just wait, wait. I'm nearly finished, you know." without any fucking thing about time because when you're in that world fuck time ain't shit you know so what feels to you has only been half an hour it's actually been six hours that you've been sitting there fucking around with these bags yeah and then i i remember finally finishing And then turning around like, okay, Jordan, what did you want? Because to me, it was only five minutes ago that he asked me for my attention. Yeah. By the time I turned around, both of them had put themselves to sleep on the couch. Oh, darling. That's how long I had been fucking around, you know. Yeah. So I was fucked and I would have them for a couple of days and then their father would ring and be like, hey, I want to come get the kids. Yeah, not cool. You know, and he would come and get them and boom, that would be me, straight back out there, straight back out into the fucking world to, to hustle and and do whatever. So eight months after Alaska's death, I got a text message one day and it was a photo of Jordan and Russia and they were sitting on an aeroplane. That's it. We're off. We're going back to New Zealand. You're fucked. You're literally fucking on just the maddest downward spiral and I will no longer let these kids be a witness to it. And as much as I fucking hated it, this was the part of the addiction where there is no responsibility. There is Mm. no accountability. Mm. It's all the rest of the world. I don't have a fucking problem. I still can function. I'm still rah, rah, ra mm.
1: And
2: this is where I was at. I was just so angry at everyone. And I was just not taking any accountability. And even sitting here now, you know, thinking about it and reliving it, it is fucked up. And I do feel wretched. But at the same time, I fucking know 100% that is that drug. Because... I am nothing like that fucking person. Now that I'm four years sober, I am nowhere near that type of person. My children are my fucking everything. Prior to that drug, my children were my everything. And the reason that I open up so much about what I was like as a parent on that stuff is because I want people to know that that shit changes you inside and outside, it makes you forget all your morals, all your values, the things that, you know, you've lived by your entire life. I was sober for 27 years. Mm. I know what the fuck type of mother that I was. Yeah. It is not fucking me. It makes me disgusted, but it also makes me sad that a substance has that much fucking power mm-hmm. to make you forget everything you've known your entire life mm. in those moments, you know? So yeah, eight months, eight months later he had said that and that just sent me fucking now I was finally at the stage of I really have nothing to lose. This wasn't just about being in the moment. This was about my current reality of my fucking... Your life. Yeah. I've lost it. I've lost it all. Now I really have nothing to fucking lose. It's just
0: wild to think this mama bear, you know, that's not social, that's home before five o'clock every day. Yeah, You end up in jail.
2: Yeah. Well, I had um, got into you know i went from the selling the girls Mm -hmm. and i fucking went to i started quickly realized these girls were a fucking headache and Mm -hmm. sneaky um and i just thought fuck that um plus i had so many people asking if i was for sale because i was always the one that was you know um the go-to if you wanted to see any of these girls and I would have a lot of people asking me well what about you you know and I'd always say nah fuck that's not me um but then I thought to myself you know what fuck it is me I've got nothing to fucking lose now fuck it so I started doing it myself um staying in hotels fucking every day for you know weeks on end different hotels it was just like a constant fucking party in in my room You know, with people coming in and out. Um, And then I started getting clients that were really, really big time. And they would say to me, you know, you're fucking wasting yourself selling yourself and doing that shit. Like, why don't you sell drugs and then fucking don't you won't need to sell your body? So I was like, well, fuck it. We'll fucking do that then. And so I did. That's when I started selling drugs. And then I also started getting into trouble with the police. Mm -hmm. Um, I started doing fraud and just heaps of things. You are now just a
0: a criminal in every sense of the word. Yeah. Pimp to sex worker to drug dealer. Yeah. To criminal to being in jail. Yeah. And you've said before that that's what saved you.
2: Yeah, it did. It totally did. It was something that I had been running from um, for all those years I didn't want to go to jail, but that was mainly because I didn't want to face my reality. I Every time that I got sober, I was straight away out there to change that because I knew what came with being sober. Um, came the loud voices, came all the guilt, all the feelings, all the pain, all the hurt. And so that was like, I am not fucking getting sober because I am not strong enough to deal with that stuff. I literally needed to be put in um somewhere where i didn't have a choice i needed my choices to be taken from me yep and that's what jail provided so now i'm sitting in this jail cell and i'm like fuck doesn't matter you know whether i kick or scream it doesn't matter if i bang on these walls it doesn't matter i'm gonna have to fucking face my demons Mm. And so I did slowly started kind of peeling back the layers and I I, I just came to the realisation that I I just don't have a choice. I don't know how long I'm going to be in jail because the reasons that I was put in jail was they thought that I was a part of an armed robbery. Were you? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, I fucking know I wasn't because I'm too dumb for that type of stuff and that's not my forte. I was, um, you know, with the drug dealing and all of this, I had climbed the ladder and put myself in a position where I didn't need to get my fucking hands dirty. Mm. I had people that would go and do that for me. So I, anyways, the, the reason that I got kind of pulled into this is because my partner at the time, he did it, and his fingerprints were found in the till at the place, you know, at the place where they did the arms robbery. But he wasn't alone. He had somebody on a motorbike um, acting as lookout out the front of the shop. Um, and they were trying to figure out who that person was. And then anyways, he had been on the run for a little while. Um, and him and I went for, on, uh, went for a ride on a motorbike. and I crashed my motorbike on the street. And I'm lying there staring up at the sky, and I'm winded as fuck. And he put, you know, he jumps off his motorbike, comes over, baby, are you okay? And next minute, police arrive, and he just wasn't thinking. And they asked him his name, and he told them because he was just panicking that, you know, fuck, my partner's here, and she's fallen off her bike. They put his name into the system and found out, shit, this fella we've been fucking looking for. And then they looked at me, and they were like, wow, has partner rides motorbikes and we know we're looking for someone that was lookout at the front of a fucking shop while he did an armed burglary. Maybe it must be his partner right here on the fucking ground. So then I was immediately taken to hospital and then once they said, nah, she's sweet, I was taken to lock up. So I was pretty much arrested under suspicion of me being a part of that arm's robbery. And so, like I said, while I'm sitting in jail, I'm thinking, fucking hell, I don't even know how long I'm going to be here Yeah, because it depends on how long it's going to take for them to find the evidence to prove that I actually am not the person that sat on that bike. And that actually ended up taking a month. Hang on. At this
0: point, when you're now sitting in a jail cell, how long has it been since Alaska?
2: About four years.
0: Okay, and at this point, what's the current um, situation with your communication with your kids? Nah, cut off. Cut off completely? Cut mm-hmm. off. Do you have their phone number? Do you call
2: them? Nah, he blocked our family's Facebooks. Uh, he blocked, His whole family pretty much blocked my whole family on Facebook, so we couldn't see what was going on with the kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Um.
2: And I just feel as though too many times I had contacted them and contacted him and spoke to the kids or or he had tried to contact me but I was too high to respond that he just was like, well, you can get fucked then. Talk to
0: me then about the structure, the routine, the getting clean
2: Mm -hmm. and how long was the jail time? The jail, I was in there for a month before they ended up finding out that they it did wasn't a zoom you. and there was cameras. Um, one of the houses in the neighbourhood had a camera. And they were able to find out that um, they saw the the driver of the motorbike outside's skin on his hands and things like that. And our skin colours were not the same. Okay. And plus he had tattoos and things like that on his hands and I didn't. So I was let out of jail. The motorbike I was on was stolen um, and so they just pretty much said I went to jail for a stolen motorbike and time served, but that was scary as well because I now had to I was cool I had been sober now for a month but now was the big test and going back out into the big world I didn't know how it's going to be
0: that is terrifying because you're like one slip It fucking in was,
2: back. and I, I actually didn't want to get out of jail. I was contemplating doing stupid shit when I got out just so I could go back to jail because it was so good for me. So when you start
0: to realise that you are enjoying being sober, is the first thing the kids in the mind? Are you like, I want to be a mum again?
2: Yeah, well, see, there was little things in jail like – um cook your own meals and I remember fucking I had finally earned the privilege of being put into a house uh, instead of a jail cell Mm
1: -hmm. where I had
2: my own room and um, I could cook my own meals and I remember cooking my first meal and I remember thinking this is who I am but, mm. you know, fuck, I used to cook my family's meals every day. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know,
2: like, fucking, and I, and yeah, I had just spent four years lost down a fucking rabbit hole where I didn't even barely eat. So let us cook. I didn't cook for fucking, ever since, you know, the night before Alaska passed away, pretty much. Wow. I didn't cook a meal. So it wasn't until jail that just I started, you know, doing things that I was like, this is who I am, like little reminders in that.
0: Because I think I found you on social media because, I mean, you're huge in New Zealand and especially with the Maori community. And I remember watching these videos that you were making and laughing so hard. And one of my girlfriends was like, you know why she started making those videos Mm. and i was like no she's a comedian and i'm you know it's like this is her (laughs) job and she was like no it's because it was the way to connect with her kids again
1: yeah
2: and then she told me the story is that true yep that's true when i got out of jail i had been given a list of kind of instructions that i had to kind of abide by otherwise i'd be sent back to jail. Some of these were I had to go to drug and alcohol counselling. I um, had actually begged the courts to help me to get a job so I could try and – all the things that were helping me in jail um, to stay sober and stay distracted and, and not think about drugs, I needed on the outside. Mm. and And the only people that could help me was the courts. You know, I didn't know if they were going to help me, but I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to ask anyway. So whenever I'd go to court, I'd just ask the judge, I need this, you know. And he was like, well, what did you have in jail? What did you need? I said, I need a job. I had a job and it was good. I'd wake up, I'd have routine, I'd have structure. And the judge would say, okay, we can help you with getting a job. It'll be voluntary, but it's something. And I said, I don't even care. I just need something to wake up for you yes. know, to wake up and go and do. Yes. I said, he said, what else did you need? I said, well, in jail, I was at the gym all the time. Whenever I would start thinking about something, I'd just grab me a towel and I'd go to the gym. And he said, okay, well, we'll help you out with a gym membership. So I was like, fuck yes. And so that's what they did. They got me a job voluntary volunteering at the courthouse. Just outside the courthouse was like a little caravan and, um, They made coffees for the lawyers. They made little slices, you know, um, fucking sandwiches, rolls. And so they had let me go there and volunteer from, like, eight o'clock in the morning until about fucking two in the after lunch. Yeah. And I loved it. Um, And so I thought, fuck it, I'm going to – You know, whenever I would go there, I was fully in my zone. I was distracted. But then when I would leave there, I was like, fuck, now what am I going to do? Because I just had to go straight home because I was on curfew. So I'd just go home. I'd be bored as fuck. Anyway, one day I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to turn the camera on and do a video. And I don't know. I might post it on Facebook. I don't know. We'll see. So I did. I made an Oreo cake with Oreos and Pepsi. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> And it was just like a three-minute fucking cake. And at the same time, I don't know, I might talk about my experience. Fuck it. What do I have to lose? Who do I have to look good for? Nobody. So I did that. Um And then what I started to notice was it actually got a lot of attention. At first, I think people were kind of like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> look at it. It's got no teeth. It's looking fucked up and drugged out. <laughs> Um, But, you know, this cake is pretty outrageous I And mean, it actually <laughs> does look quite moist
1: <laughs> um,
2: And so people became intrigued
1: yeah. And, you know,
2: I'd never been I couldn't, in my years of fucking methamphetamine I couldn't give a fuck about Facebook I was barely on there You know, I couldn't make money on there So why am I going to give that my attention? It's not going to help me with my addiction So I was never that type of person to be on Facebook Now, um, I had posted that I started to see the numbers climb a little bit. And I was like, that's so fucked up. I can't believe people want to even watch I that. i into that. So, yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, sweet. Well, shit, I'm going to go for a walk across the road because there's Salvation Army bins. And I'm all about that life, climbing in the bins and fucking seeing what treasure and gold I can find. Yes. And I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to fucking do another video because that was pretty cool, you know. <laughs> and I'm bored as fuck. And I have got, like, an hour left before my curfew. I'm going to go for a walk. And so what I would do is I would do it, like, set my camera on my phone, turn the video on, and I'd say, hey, guys, I'm going to go for a bit of a um, journey. And I would put on this – I had this high-vis fucking yellow vest, you know, that the road workers and that wear – And I would say I'm just putting on my uniform, Um, you know, I tend to put this uniform on so that people look like I'm an outstanding citizen in the community, (laughs) and I'm actually here at the Salve's been dropping things off, not taking things. (laughs) Um, and, and then I'd walk on over to the bins and I'd say, okay, guys, let's have a look. What's in here? And we'd have a look. And my justification was people put this here for those that can't afford anything. At this time in my life, I am you couldn't. volunteering. Yes. I definitely fucking qualify. So shut your ass, Karen, whoever you are. And they put this here for bitches like me, really. So we would, you know, and then people would, I would post that up and people were like, fuck, I love doing that shit too, much. What did you find? What did you
1: find?
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify.
2: And is it at this point the kids have the kids noticed? No, no. These were just my little, this is kind of what, what started me to have a kind of an awakening. I started to see people sharing these in New Zealand and I would read their comments and it would be like, cuz fuck she reminds us of ra 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 And <laughs> then they tag in, uh, you know, the cousin that, that reminded them of. And I, was, I remember sitting there and I was thinking, fucking hell, so many people are sharing this around New Zealand, and then I I remember thinking, I wonder if the children's father's seen this, I wonder if any of his family have seen any of these videos, because...
0: It's getting attention.
2: It's getting attention, and I also thought, you know, it's fucked up, and I'm doing some pretty fucked up shit, but I'm doing it sober.
0: Yeah. And maybe,
2: maybe, because I can't fucking ring him, and I, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty much over my bullshit, he's believe to me so many times when I've told him that I was getting sober and shit, maybe this is a way that I can actually prove it because he can see me. He doesn't need a comment or he doesn't need a like any of my shit, but maybe he is watching.
0: Yeah. You know?
2: And so I thought, all right, this is going to be the plan. I am going to start just saturating Facebook with my fucking bullshit And I'm going to start using this platform as somewhat of a video diary that he can see, holy shit, she is fucking getting sober. And that was the start of it. I just fucking went nuts after that. I was literally would fall over and turn my camera on. Hey, guys, I fell over. You know, like anything. I didn't give a fuck what it was. I was just like, they just need to see everything that you're doing. And anyway, I was doing that and I was just like, wake up in the morning, I'll do a video. Hey guys, I'm just on my way to my voluntary job or hey guys, I'm on my way to my my um, alcohol and drug counselling and then I'll do another video later. My That drug and alcohol counselling was awesome. I learned this, I learned this, you know, like, so I just really started pumping it out there. And then about three months later, um, I got a message, not from him, but I, but it was from his mum. And his mum wow. was like, hey, Nix, I just want to let you know we're watching every video that you put out there. Mm-hmm. The kids are doing awesome and they can't wait for you to come home. And I was just like, <gasps> holy fuck, it worked. Um, but then I was also mindful that they are watching everything that I do. So, you know, that's kind of what sparked it out there. What kind of messages do I want to put out there? Yeah. You know, because they are watching their mum. They're they're watching what I'm doing. And not only am I earning the the trust of, you know, their father, but I'm earning the trust of the kids. I'm earning the trust of his family, you know, that have held it down for these four years while I've been on my own buzz. Yeah. I had a lot to prove to them. Then I started, you know, getting negativity and that just, purely based on the way that I looked and the fact that I was a fucking drug addict and the fact that I didn't deserve the kids and things like that and what I kept in my back pocket was that message from their grandmother and she said we're watching and I just no matter how much negativity I got I always reminded myself you ain't doing it for them you didn't fucking start it for them For all these people that are saying that you you don't deserve a second chance, that you're nothing but a drug addict, once a drug addict, always a fucking drug addict, you didn't start this shit for them. They can get fucked. You started it for the kids. You started it, you know, to get the attention of the kids' families.
0: Can you tell me then what that moment was like when you
2: got to see your babies again? Yeah, well, I I had got back to New Zealand, and um, the their father's sister had messaged and said, "Hey, Nix, did you want to come and have lunch with me and the kids?" And I was like, oh, "Wow, oh my god!" And like, bear in mind by now, I my my fucking I look so different. Holy shit, I. I had no teeth, I had, my head was shaved, I was, yeah, oh god, anyways, my kids still like fucking make fun of me to this day, (laughs) they literally just brought it up the other day and what they say is, um, because when they pulled up, I had walked down to the end of the street and I was standing there with my suitcase and my kids always say, mum, when we pulled into the road and, and my daughter says, I said to auntie, oh, don't pull up by that man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then my son will say, "Sorry, Mum, you looked ugly when we pulled up. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. Um, mm. But, yeah, it was, it was, I just, I remember sitting in the back and they looked like they were scared of me. <laughs> <laughs> they looked like they were bloody scared of me. But, you know, that that was awesome. That was awesome.
0: And what has it been like? Because you guys are all reconciled now. You are yeah. a family again. Which it took is,
2: a little while. I can imagine. I had been home for a year and I just was pretty much playing by the rules, you know, whenever he would say, you can see them this weekend. Yeah, cool. It didn't matter where in the country I was because I was still on that buzz, I need to stay busy. I need to stay busy um, so I don't fucking get caught up in the wrong crowd. I remember putting an ad out, or not an ad, but just putting a post out on Facebook on my page and saying, hey, guys, um, look, I need to stay busy. Um, If you are anywhere in the country, absolutely anywhere, um, and you've got odd jobs around the house like lawns need mowing or fence needs painting or fucking gardens need... Weeding, um, I will jump on a bus and I will come to you and fucking do that to earn some pennies, pretty much. Um, wow. You were dedicated. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want handouts. Um, I don't, uh, just from my experience in the drug world and that, nothing comes for free. And, you know, obviously I've got to, I've, I've got to change that. But I just, it taught me to do shit for yourself. You know, if you need money, earn that fucking money. Don't just take a handout because it can be dangled in front of you like a piece of meat at yeah. some stage. Yeah. So to stop that um, and to avoid that shit, get out there, do the mahi. Don't yeah. just fucking put a post up on Facebook. Do the work and get the treats. And yeah. so that's what I did. I put that ad out on Facebook and and I would get people like, hey, Nix, if you can make it to Rotorua, I've got some gardens that need weeding and I'll pay you for it. So, boom, that was me on the bus. I'd do a video, hey, guys, we're on our way down to Rotorua. But this is how I was keeping busy.
0: And then, though, if your ex said today's the day, you would drop everything? I would drop everything. And then go back. get
2: back there. But then sometimes I would do that. And then I remember being in Wellington one time. And I got the message, "Hey, do you want to have the kids after school?" And I was like, "Fuck, yes, I do. I totally do um, so I started looking at flights and that, and then I got the message like, "Oh no, nah, never mind, I found something, you know, and I was just like, Oh my god, and I just i a year later, I just felt as though I had done enough to prove that I am quite capable now, and that was the moment that I thought, we're going to court." I don't want to do this because I'm so grateful for the fact that he held it down for all those years I was gone. But I'm back now. I've done what I fucking need to do. So was he unwilling to give you shared custody? Oh, it was still at this stage just a trust thing. He had seen me at my absolute. Fucking of course, lowest. no, no, no. And
0: I, am yeah, I, I completely understand. But was he just like, I'm not ready for that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I was. I was like, well I feel like a, a yo yo. Yeah. You know, and I I I kind you, of you started and... to feel like it's unfair. Yeah. But when we got into court was the first time I had looked in his eyes for all those years. Wow. And he looked at me and um, you know, and then we, you know, went into the courtroom and when we got in there, he said, Give her whatever she wants. Whatever it is that she's asking, give it to her. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And What's he that was about? like the judge was like, So you mean to say and he was like, Yep, yeah, give it to her. Whatever she wants, give it to her. And the reason that he did that is because he needed to see that I was actually serious. Mm. So he said, um, you know, all those times that you would call and say that you're trying to you're getting sober and you were fucking talking out your ass. Um, he thought that that was just another thing when I said that I was going to go to court. So he said when he walked into court and I was standing there, he said, you look like the mother you were when Alaska was still alive. Wow. And um, I just needed to see that you were serious. And when you were standing in that courthouse before me, I know these kids have got their mother back.
0: That would have been healing for you.
2: Yeah, totally, and we've just had a bloody awesome um, co-parenting relationship this entire time, so when it came time, I had se- he said to me, fucking good, I'm glad you're back, you're right <laughs> back at, at the right time, our daughter's going to be getting her period soon, and I don't know how to fucking deal with that, <laughs> and I'm like, nah, cool, Liz, and I actually thought to myself, fuck it, I'm going to ask him, I'm just going to throw it out there and ask him if I can have the opportunity to be a mother full-time again. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, right now our daughter's in, um, you know, she's 10 or 9 at that stage. Um, So it's perfect. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to ask. I did. And he said, yeah, all right. And I was like, what? Wow. Oh, my God. Um, and then she had come and lived with me for two. So, you know, I fucking decked out her room and I was doing my videos like, oh, my God. And the people that were still watching me when I was going to deck out her room, they were the same people that had watched me make oh that, geez. Pepsi, that Pepsi fucking cake looking fucked up. Um, and now they were sitting here watching me go and get things for my daughter, you know, wow. to move in. And she was living with us for two weeks And then I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to ask for Jordan as well. Go all in, go all in. Yeah, all in, all in. And I messaged him and I said, hey, um, how's about me having that boy as well you know and and then you want I, some of your time back have go and have a good time yeah on the exactly and yeah. he <laughs> replied and he said "Yeah, all right we'll give this a go then and he was like didn't even know where to start with rebuilding himself because he was on survival right yeah like he put all his grieving aside to be strong for the kids. For the babies, yeah. Um, And so it was an awesome thing that now he could go and do some healing. How long have you had them back now from I today? I got them back last year at the start of the year. So they have been in my full-time care for an entire year plus, you know, this year. Yeah, this
0: is such a fucking wild, beautiful story. Yeah. And I think lots of people know you from these funny skits and especially Mm -hmm. if you're in New Zealand, like you're quite a presence there now, but it's just a beautiful thing that you're getting to do what you're passionate about with creating this content and spreading the messages you want to do and get paid for it to do what you love as well as get your kids as well as like your life is who would have thought,
2: you know? Yeah. And then the next step well, I had always said that I don't ever want a baby because how the fuck could I have a another baby? Um, you know, when it would feel as though I was trying to replace Alaska. This is how my my brain was working, yeah. so I was always like, "I'm not fucking having another baby because it's disrespectful to his memory, mm. you know, like how can I sit there and be oh gaga with another baby and it's not Alaska like that. I just can't do that anyways um in my healing over the last couple of years, I have changed that, and I've thought. I do want that opportunity to raise a child from, you know, birth to when they move out. I haven't had that. Yes, With no gaps in between. Yes. And so I I thought, I do want to fucking do that. And then, you know, two years ago I met my partner and he was a solo dad with two boys that are the same age as Russia and Jordan. So that's trippy. (laughs) Yeah. and yeah we decided fuck it we let's do this together then you know we've got our goals and our dreams as a blended family um he gets along awesome with the kid's dad who he's met quite a few times and so that's beautiful and so yeah we tried um and I got pregnant November October November yeah And then um, having the, that was scary. It was like, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to get pregnant. We're going to, we're going to try. And then I got pregnant and then I was fucking shit scared because I was like, oh my God, is this going to be a boy now? Because that's. There's so much trauma there. And I understand that it's like you fall pregnant. You don't
0: only have to deal with all of that stuff with conceiving, but now you're dealing with. The gender, you're dealing with oh, yeah. so all we of went that and, fear,
2: all of that shit that you had to go yeah. through. Yeah. So we went and paid for the um NIPs test, which yeah. is about like six hundred and something dollars. But for That's me, that was like I don't give a fuck how much it costs. I need to know what am I having? What is the gender of this baby? If it's a girl, I can just breathe. Because mm. there's no trauma associated with a little girl in my life. Mm. If mm. it's a boy, you know, I'm going to be happy, but Shit, I better get deal. some money done in there. I better get yeah. some healing done in there yeah, um, before this baby comes. And so we did that, and it was just such a joyous moment when we found out that it was a girl. Oh, my mm. God. <laughs> I was so happy. Holy wreck, because... Now I could just enjoy this pregnancy, and it, it kind of found, felt as though I had dodged a bullet
0: yeah. in terms
2: of he- healing, yeah. which isn't a good thing because I should be, you know, grasping at healing. And I now that I have identified where I need healing, I should be jumping at that. But I was just very, very happy that we had a little, a little girl, girl. growing. And then on the seventh of December, I'll never um, forget it. I'll never yeah, forget your at face. Night, fucking. Oh my god, going to the toilet because well, I was lying in bed and I felt as though I had kind of pissed my pants, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So I got up, went to the bathroom, and um, and and I didn't want to turn the light on because we've got a um, the bathroom in the bedroom ensuite, mm. and I didn't want to wake my partner up, so I just fucking went and sat down had a piss in the in the dark and I just felt this blob come out and I was just like what the fuck was that that was not a piss and you know I've never had a miscarriage so I I Mm -hmm. don't have any fucking idea what the hell they're supposed to feel like or anything but I do remember sitting there in the dark and I was thinking oh my god what was that and I just kind of did the crab walk to the light And I turned around and went back and the whole fucking toilet was just looked like, yeah, it was covered in blood and everything. And I was just like, oh, my fucking God. Um, And that was just (sighs) traumatic as fuck as well, because I was just like, holy shit, I didn't want to do this for so long because of the trauma that I had experienced around Alaska. And then finally getting to a stage where I'm like, okay, I feel like I've healed enough to give this a go, and then that happened, and it was just yeah. like, oh my god!
0: I remember your little face just
2: broken. Mm. Oh yeah,
0: and I was like, I've I've had one too, and that all the things that come with that, you know. Mm. And you were so generous to share that experience, so fresh. You did take some time out to heal. Yeah. But but it was very generous, very generous of you to give yourself to the people that have been following you for so long. Yeah. And also just this conversation. I mean, everything you do is just so, oh, like heartfelt and, and heart-opening this conversation today is definitely more than I expected so many more levels and layers Mm -hmm. Mm. than what I expected coming in you're not just this funny (laughs) funny chick on on social media that makes these hilarious videos that remind us of our aunties you are the (laughs) you really are a pioneer to give other women a voice and so many different avenues so many different things so I wanna ask you one more question. Yeah. Which is who are you when no one's watching?
2: <sighs> Fuck, I'm a plant lover now. Sure, <laughs> plants in my life. Nah, I'm, I'm probably more quiet than anybody um thinks that I am. I don't know, real, I'm back to being all about my family yes I I share a lot of things about me on social media and things like that but strip all that away I'm back to the mum that I was prior to Alaska's passing which was I'm all about my family my family Mm. is everything to me and I'm just so glad that I'm back in this space and will you try again yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, it wasn't just a normal miscarriage. It was a partial molar pregnancy, which was like another blow. I got that mm. information on Christmas Day. I was like, what the fuck? But that's how important it was. The the news couldn't wait. Um, and I had to have weekly blood tests to get my hormone levels down mm. um, and – we had to stop trying for a baby, which was like, fuck,
0: this is so outrageous. I just saw that recently your HCG is just dropping. Just
2: Yeah, it's dropped now. So I am finally in the clear um, and we can try for our baby. And I've got friends that are very spiritual and in tune with the other side of life. And they have told me that there is someone on their way. So,
0: (laughs) Well, we are all sending you so much love and mm. so many baby blessings your way. And thank you for being so generous with your time and your story today. Thank no you. No
2: worries. Thank you. Two years later.
0: <laughs> it was worth <laughs> every second I made <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at whatsthedeep.